As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Rob Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Double Scoots Magoots. What's up, dude? <laughs> you said you were going to start with that, and I didn't believe you, but here we are. Week one, Eagles victory Wednesday? Yes. Not satisfied as of yet. Job's not done, but feeling good to be back in the football season. and. I think we got a pretty good Beverly Hills episode tonight, too, so we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to dive into the, the birds on here, but uh, no. 1-0, baby, we're undefeated, so let's keep that going. But um, yeah, it was a eventful night, finally. Um, it captivated me the entire time. Like I actually felt like I was almost on the edge of my seat. So I'm excited to talk about this one. But before we get into that, um, I just need to touch on a couple of things that are on my mind. Um, first and foremost, and you're going to have to bear with me here. We're going on a little ride. Okay. So Kevin Hart's from Philadelphia. You're aware. Yeah. Right. So I went to Wawa today and, um, there's the Kevin Hart combo, which is a Wawa hoagie and a C4. So oh my God, that's what I said. All right. And this is, is why it a shorty at least. I don't think so. I think it's like a, a classic. That's already off brand. But my point is, so those of you that don't know what C4 is. It's an energy drink. Now, back when I played Pro Bowl, we took C4 in powder form as a pre-workout, like before the games. Yeah. Totally legal, by the way, but just to get like amped up to the point to go play a professional sport. Who the fuck is out here chugging a C4 and eating a Wawa hoagie at the same time? Yeah, the two don't really make a whole lot of sense. Now, I understand if you sub in the C4 for like pre-workout. I know people that do that and they go to the gym. I think they're maniacs personally, but I mean, whatever gets you going, whatever gets you motivated to get back in the gym and get healthy. Now, what the fuck that has to do with Kevin Hart? <laughs> I have no well, idea. I think because he's like on a fitness kick now, he has been for a long time and not in like a negative way. He's in tremendous shape, but I think that he's promoting it as like a, a workout thing. But I just, I had to ask your opinion because I don't know. I just can't imagine washing down a Wawa hoagie with a C4 energy drink. I think it's a gross combo, and I would argue that Kevin Hart would never, ever pair the two together. No, I don't think anybody should either. And also, the timing doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I get like you want to work out, maybe not a hoagie afterwards, but I guess he needs some fuel afterwards. <laughs> you know what I but need to get my workout in? A C4 energy drink in a classic turkey toasted with pepperoncinis. Sweet peppers on that bad boy. Gets me jacked up, and I can bench 600 pounds. But yeah, if people are doing this before they work out, bad move. But I just keep coming back to, I, all right, I guess maybe the C4 is an energy drink and Kevin Hart's a high energy guy and he's from Philly. So what goes together with Philly, like a Wawa hoagie with this? I don't know. The whole, the whole thing makes no sense. I don't know why you started off with this because now I'm just going to be fried the rest <laughs> of the time. Because I, I, I've noticed it multiple times and it like struck my attention again today. And I was like, what the fuck? I need to get to the bottom of this. And I want to ask Kevin Hart if he's ever had the two together because I don't think he has. That's all I'm saying. No. Anyway, <laughs> the second thing that was on my mind, um, and you will share this with me. So we posted a TikTok 
and we were talking about the Lion Air donation. Now, we had, I think, over 300 comments. I think 284 of them were, she didn't donate it, she pledged it. Look, sometimes it's a semantics issue, okay? It's not that big of a deal. Like, there's, we get it. She pledged it, we're sorry we messed it up. However, rescinding apology immediately, because thanks to our good friend Zach Peter, he did his deep digging, he did his due diligence, and he found out that she did donate. Okay, she set up a fund that other people could donate to, and she herself did donate $100,000. Vindication. Round of applause for Diana, I guess. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, it was so much that I even told you, I was like, I need to make a PSA and just comment and we'll just pin it to the top so that anybody who gets frisky halfway through the video, and it's like a minute and a half long video. Yeah, it's and, one of our shorter ones. Yeah, and people, as soon as they hear that, they're like, oh, I got to go comment on this. Now you see my comment. I got a bunch of likes on that one. So at least people responded well and it slowed down a little bit, but we could have gotten ahead of that, I guess. But somebody else started roasting Zach. I think it was on Instagram. It was like, I guess your good friend, Zach Peter, didn't do his due diligence, didn't do all the digging that he needed to do. False. False. He did. He did. So, look, back off. Look, guys. Look. We love you. Okay? And it's okay. Like, this is going to happen. We're going to have spats. It's okay. And the, the important thing, we've addressed it. Okay? And now we can move on. Yeah, we love all of you that listen. There's a couple of people that comment on our videos, and it seems like they comment every time. It's the same fucking person. <laughs> I know. There's like, I mean, aside from the guy who called us cucks two weeks ago, that guy. I think I that guy's hilarious. It was pretty funny. But there's another one that is commenting, and it's got to be like Erica's burner or somebody who's just blindly following her. Always, anytime that we say anything bad about Erica, they question our backgrounds. I know. I'm like, what are you guys, attorneys? What do you know yeah, about this? They clearly, like, right, they clearly know nothing about the legal procedure. We've never claimed to. No. <laughs> We're just here talking. We're just commenting on what we see. That's all. And our opinions on the matter. At no point have we taken a firm legal stance yeah. either way. Nor would we. Because we are not attorneys, believe it or not. Amongst the many hats we wear, a little wig... That's what they wear in, in courtrooms, correct? Those little... Yeah, the powdered wigs. Those little powdered wigs. Yes, we don't wear those hats. Robes. And robes. Mm -hmm. Shooter wears robes in hotel rooms, which is still yes, weird to me. <laughs> Barn door open. But I feel better. Okay, I feel better. And I just wanted to get that off my chest. Fair. Between Kevin Hart and the TikTok, I, you know, there was a storm brewing. We've moved on. Now, this might have the opposite effect because you feel a lot better. Now I'm stuck thinking about C4 and Kevin Hart. So <laughs> if I have any like brain farts later or I seem a little foggy, just know that I'm thinking about Kevin Hart and C4. This is a great time to announce our first ad for C4 and Walla. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No free ads. But anyway, we have a lot to discuss. A lot of stuff happened this week in the Bravo world. Um, Diana zoomed into the reunion from Hawaii. Now, she claimed that she had COVID and couldn't travel. Lo and behold, she posts a picture of her at the aquarium with her daughter. Well, fish can't get COVID. We know that. That's very true. Fish cannot get COVID. That is a proven fact by the Brav pros <laughs> in our lab. But um, I'm under the impression, and now this has happened in the past, like housewives have been asked to not return because they didn't show up to reunions. Like that is in the contract. You must show up to the reunion. You got to face the music. It's part of the gig. Now, by her zooming in and claiming COVID and then showing up at an aquarium, 
does that nullify her contract or are we just seeing glimpses of the fact that she is a one and done she will not be back that being said real quick could diana have rented out the aquarium probably like would that be a diana move it Technically, yes. If that comes out that that happened, I'll actually believe it because she would do some shit like that. But until that's proven, like, she can't be coming back, right? Like, she's got to be done. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if she wasn't coming back, her ego is big enough, and we talked about this last week, that she just wouldn't have shown up to the reunion at all. Now, I don't know, like, what kind of quality. I mean, we've all done Zoom calls before. Things are delayed, especially when you're, everybody else is in person and you're not. So the quality is going to be shit. I don't care how good her internet is or whatever. It's just really not going to work. So it's essentially like she's not there. Like she won't be able to get into the emotional distress as everybody else is getting into, which there are reports coming out that there's a lot. So our boy Andy's probably going to have to take another sabbatical after this one. But I could see her doing a one and done situation or she has it worked out. Like I can do this Zoom and that's good enough for me and I can come back for another season. And maybe we were wrong last week. Maybe there's somebody else who's leaving. Maybe it's Rinna. Maybe it's someone else that's not going to show up. But, I mean, all the reports are that everybody showed up to the reunion. So I really don't know what to read about this. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's wishful thinking. I just want her to be gone. So now I'm just trying to speak it into existence. But from all the reports I've read, I think two housewives are leaving. That's kind of what I've gathered. Now, if that comes true or not, we'll see. But... I hope it's the ones that we want to leave. I hope they don't throw a curveball in there. They're like, oh, Garcelle's gone, because I would be fucking furious. But I don't think there's any way that happens. I'm just saying, like, until we know who it is, I'm going to be on edge a little bit. Most of our news this week has to do with Housewives. Uh, This one goes at Garcelle had drama with Nicki Minaj, which I never saw this coming. But I guess Garcelle interviewed a woman that claimed that Nicki Minaj's husband sexually assaulted her. So Nicki Minaj went on a podcast and went off. I think it was her own podcast. It was like Queen Radio or something. Oh, it is? So I think it is her own podcast, yeah. But she was like screaming at Garcelle. We listened to it right before the show started. I wish we recorded her reactions because, I mean, she comes in hot at Garcelle. Now... Here's where my brain immediately goes. Will we see Nicki Minaj next season? No. Come on. No chance in hell. It's not going to happen. But, I mean, it was alarming to hear what she was saying. And Nicki Minaj has been in the news, in the tabloids, whatever, for her husband and his life before, I guess, they got married. But she's been, you know, defending her husband left and right with all these things popping up with him. And this was like a year ago that... Garcelle interviewed her oh, husband. Oh, this wasn't recent? No. She, so she interviewed this her, Nicki Minaj's husband, who I can't remember his name, like a year, or the, the woman that accused him of sexual assault, a year ago on The Real. So it's not like Garcelle just went out of her way and was like, hey, let me interview you for my podcast. Let, let me interview you for my own personal My project. own personal whatever. She did it on The Real, which means like, yeah, she probably has some input with the things that they do, but like she doesn't reach out to people to interview. So she did that a year ago. Nikki came back now because of what Jax went through. Oh, because right. the bots were coming after Jax and Garcelle got upset about it. Nikki's like, if you, she said verbatim, if you can't stand the fucking heat in the kitchen, then get the fuck out of the kitchen, bitch. Yeah. And I mean, Steel, and Steel said this, like the two of us listened to it just before this episode. And both of our, 
jaws on the ground. Like, wow. Yeah, it That's was wild. shocking to hear. And uh, look, I'm rooting for a Nicki Minaj appearance now on Housewives. And you can say that I'm crazy, but I think the world needs that. I think that would be electric television if Nicki Minaj kicked the door down and just went off on Garcelle. Like, that's good TV. That would be good TV. It's not going to happen. No. It would be good TV. But it would. You know, we'll see. Never say never. Justin Bieber. Um, and we also have some exciting news to share. We were recently guests on Bravo and Blaze with Jenny Blaze. Um, we were on her podcast last week, and it dropped today. So do yourselves a favor. Uh, head on over there and give us all a watch. Yeah, you can watch us on YouTube. I think she also dropped the podcast. Yeah, it's on, on Spotify, Spotify. It's on Stitcher. Apple. It's on Apple. It's on pretty much every streaming platform. It was an absolute blast. I thought it was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, we both definitely had a great time. And, uh, you know, we did it over Zoom. But we made the best of it. We showed our, our character. We showed, you know, our humor. We had a great time. Yeah, no, it really was. It was a blast. Jenny's great. Um, give her podcast a listen. Give her a follow. Um, and watch her episode. I think it was, it's pretty entertaining. At least I thought so. And I think so, too. I, you know what? I got, pretty, I got pretty good taste. Yeah, we're good dudes. We're, you know? we're, we're, we're good dudes. We're a good watch. Yeah. And that takes us back to Paris and the arrondissement. I, Wait, what was that? What, arrondissement. No, the first part. Paris. Pa- Damn it, I had it good the first time. You put me on the spot. Paris. It sounded like you were saying potty. No, not, no, hi. Oh. <laughs> Go to the second word now. Arrondissement. That one's actually not that bad. That I heard you doing okay. it a couple of times before the show. I was practicing. I actually Googled the pronunciation of it to try to, like, I was listening to it over and over again. But the first one I clicked was, I guess, in, like, an American pronunciation. So it was like, arrondissement. Yeah, like, that would no, be no, me. Yeah, you're arrondissement. I want to be arrondissement. <laughs> actually, if you watched, so Dev just restarted Roni like from season one uh-huh. and I've been like watching a couple of the episodes and Simon and Alex, I don't know your experience with these two, Mm-mm. but they're the most bizarre couple I've ever seen on housewives, like hands down. And they name their son Francois and the Johan. And they always like drop these French accents. Mind you, she's from the United States of America and he is from Australia. Okay. Does she have like French? She might, she might, I don't know, like, her background. However, like, the way that they talk to their children is like me and you trying to pronounce French words. It's like, it, it sounds forced. It's, like, awkward. The kid doesn't speak French, at least at the time when they filmed this, he didn't speak French, and yet they continue to, like, force him to speak French, and he's, like, not interested. But It's very Dorit of them to do that. I can it, see Dorit it, You know what? It, it's, yeah. it's a very similar vibe, mm-hmm. honestly, but just, like, way more bizarre. Like, very strange. Go check it out. You need to, honestly, we might have to do that next for our bonus episode. Yeah. Because it's, it's really, really fucking good. But um, anyway, back to Paris. <laughs> uh, we're back with our girlfriends in Paris. And um, look, I fucking love this show. I really do. I like everything about it. I, like, I love being in Paris. And I love just the vibe and the energy that all of these girls have. It's not like dark... Because they're new to reality TV, it's light, it's just, it's fun. And, you know, we're going to kind of jump around this episode, we're not going to do like the full recap, but like some of the the big things I want to hit on, Casey needs a visa, so she's only there for 90 days at a time. They do the little bullet points, like every time they show up on the screen, it's like, Casey 
three years Paris on and off. So is she doing it in like three month increments? I think so. That's wild. I, like, that's what I gathered from is that she has to keep going back and coming back on a traveling visa instead of getting that full-time job visa. Ugh. And I will say I really like this scene because of Anya and like I'm starting to really like her in the beginning I'm not gonna lie I thought that she was gonna be too much for me that she wasn't gonna be my favorite she really does take on this like motherly role and she actually genuinely cares and she even when she's giving advice it's not condescending yeah like she's very genuine just trying to help these girls like get their shit together in Paris well I'm surprised that Anya's first like advice wasn't just marry somebody over here yeah no because I think that's what Anya did Green card marriage. Oh, uh, really? Well, they're not married yet. And uh, she's been there for 10 yeah, years. Yeah, damn, good call. Yeah, get out of here, pal. Uh, yeah, no, she does the well, tours. I mean, she, and I found myself asking what she does for a living, and she described it later. And I, I guess she was doing the, because she recommended the entrepreneurship mm -hmm. visa. And that would be a lot harder for Casey to do. But it sounds like that's what Anya's doing. So that's probably how she got in there. But you what Casey's doing is entrepreneurship. It's just teaching the English language. It's not like a what you would normally think of when you think entrepreneur, but technically speaking, that is her starting her business of teaching yeah. English. And Anya recommended doing brochures, I think. She said that she, if she's going to go in front of the committee to try to argue for an entrepreneurship visa, she has to like be very official, like bring pamphlets, bring, bring brochures. Like mm -hmm. She's just trying to prep her. But we find out later, like our image of Anya is this well-off Parisian doing her thing like has money she has style she has like does expensive dinners this and that she's broke her and matthew i don't know if they're broke but they her whole life and like all the expensive things that they have it's she's pretty frugal with her money yeah, like broke, she sorry, wants broke to might have been strong yeah she wants to project herself as well off and you know comfortable but she said you know we go to warehouse sales we go to different places to get different things for way less than what the retail price is that's just smart i mean everything out there and i thought about this a little bit later when emily was talking about her internship you have to in paris i mean they portray this image in the show that you have to dress as if you know what the fashion is that exact day everything that you do has to be completely up to date and i just i was exhausted just thinking about it I was going to ask you if you if you do the same thing when you no. leave your house. When you come over here to pod, do you like check yourself out and check your fit first? The only thing, yeah, I do that because I want to make sure that I'm not you know wearing the same t-shirt all the time, wearing the same hat, whatever. Really, the only time that I do that is probably for golf. <laughs> Look good, feel good, play good. Yeah. Rule number one, everyone yeah, knows that. We know that. Yeah, I feel you. Um, but I, I loved, and this is another positive for Anya, I love that she owns it. Like she's not, we see a lot of housewives across franchises where there is a question about money there's a question are they putting on a front are they trying to be somebody they're not are they trying to portray this image of wealth and luxury when they in fact have no money or the ability to afford that kind of lifestyle Anya flat out says yeah we are outliving our means right now but we hope to get things in motion so that we can live the life that we want to live and Matthew there you go is that right Matthew no Fuck. you were right the first time. did I have it just Matt. say Matthew with like a little bit of a pizzazz to it. All right. Well, Matt is now. <laughs> <laughs> He's currently trying to change careers. And I guess like this was actually really interesting to me because I didn't know, I guess in Paris, like once you have a job or a career, like that is your job or career. It's very difficult to transition into a different role 
or a different field altogether. And like she says, you know, I meet a waiter in New York and two weeks later they get an acting gig. Here you meet a waiter and he's been a waiter for 40 years because that's what he is. He is a waiter. And you find out that he's currently doing what a lot of us do and like just trying to figure out what he wants. And I just appreciated the realness of the scene. I appreciated how open they were about it and they weren't dicks about it. Like they're not trying to be something they're not. And a lot of the housewives over here in the States could learn a thing or two. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's for sure. But I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that scene. And um, Oh, wait. Did you fully enjoy the scene, though? I mean, other than the dog eating the hot dog at the there table. Is that go. what you're referencing? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that didn't care for that. But Jaja, the dog's name, um, Jaja does seem to be very well behaved. I'll give the dog that. Yeah, right? I mean, as much as you can expect a dog to be behaved that gets carried publicly 24 7 inside restaurants but inside museums she's not causing a ruckus she's not eating things off of the table that weren't given to her just hot dogs hot dog. i love that they just call them hot dogs <laughs> instead of just a hot dog i thought i thought they'd have a fancy french word for hot dog and it's just no. straight up in hot dog <laughs> yeah that would be that would be giving the americans too much i think i think they want to make sure that we know I did. I loved the scene when um, we're at Emily's internship at Sonia Raquel. And she is like, you know, working the room. She's getting to know some people. I did think it was interesting that as an intern, you can one, take a picture with one of the people that are featured there on your phone, like take a selfie. And I don't know if you can. I mean, I think that was I thought a that little, was questionable. Yeah, and then also to be like pas, strolling around with a glass of champagne. Yeah, well, that was normal, I thought. Is that normal? Yeah, I mean, it was a nighttime fashion show that she... But you're an intern. Yeah, but at that point... You're not even working there. Yeah, you still get to, like, enjoy the fruits of (laughs) your labor. She put together, what, 65 gift baskets? I'm not not saying that she shouldn't. I I would love if that's the rule. Like, yeah, she worked hard. She doesn't have anything to do. Sure, have a glass. I think think the wine or champagne or whatever, I think that's fine. The selfie was too much. I did think this, right? Okay, I wasn't going crazy. But I, I loved... In this scene, she's talking about how, like, American interns and, like, Americans at parties, like, they're walking around, she's got a big smile on her face, and, like, it shows her at the party, and she, in fact, does have a big smile on her face, and she said, the French at parties, and she makes this, like, kind of stern, lowbrow face, and it goes, like, camera in the room, and you see a French woman, like, sitting there making the same exact face, and I laughed out loud. Because of last week when he said, I want to see some like some French stuff like, you know, they're snooty and like they are. Look, it was a really funny scene because you were in the back of my head and then she played it out very well. Like the editing was on point. So I I enjoyed that as well. I do need more of that. And the other thing that Emily did during that internship, I guess, uh, scene was when before she took the selfie with the other designer, she walked over and said, in French, do you speak English? And the designer said yes. And she said maybe one sentence in English and then went right back to French. Yeah. I'm like, what, what did you ask for? What's the point? <laughs> it's well, going to be easier on me to speak English than French, but I'm just going to go try to butcher some French over here. See, but she sounds fluent to me. She does, but she said on multiple occasions that she's I, not. I'm not really good at speaking French. Maybe I'd rather that's, speak English. It could be the captions that they give her. Like, because the captions make it seem like she's getting her point across very well. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, they're just straight up like, this is what she's saying. Maybe if we have any French listeners or French-speaking listeners, and you can comment on whether her French is up to par or not, let us know. Otherwise, I, we're going to have to take Rosetta Stone and figure it out for ourselves. Don't threaten me with a good uh, time. Well, I'm fine with that. 
language of love. And we do see a little bit of an insight to Victoria's day to day with Chloe Collette and I mean her strained relationship with Johan now. Oh yeah. I was a Johan fan the first episode. I thought like when he stood up to her cheating ex, I was like, Oh, this guy's cool. Come to find out, might not be so cool. No, not cool at all. I mean, he was what, thirty minutes late to that meeting? Thirty and minutes then late and then very, very lackadaisical. Didn't seem texting to give a shit. during the meeting and then oh, he had the, the front facing camera on. He was just taking a look at himself just to make sure everything yeah, he's making looked sure good. he looked okay. Like <laughs> Dude, be present in the meeting. You're 30 minutes late, and then you're not going to pay attention. And then they're all upset with him, understandably so. And then we find out that he's been going behind Victoria's back, reaching out to her friends about being their stylist. Well, now, what do you think about him doing that for Casey for free? But then when he goes to Margot, he says $1,000. I think it's horseshit. And she has to pay for it. That's definitely like, because obviously Casey is fighting for a visa. She's working any job that she possibly can. And she's presumably struggling to afford the apartment that she lives in. And then you have Margot, whose dad pays for pretty much everything. No, no, he does pay for everything. Yeah. So that's an easy target for Yoan at that point. I mean, it's, it's definitely a bad look for him. And my takeaway from it is, if this is really going to be like a main focus point moving forward, I'm a little upset about that because it's not internal drama between the girls. It's this other, you know, third party character that's yeah. kind of bouncing around. It's not one of the girlfriends. So that's kind of annoying if that ends up being a thing. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's just a one and done. But it does look like Victoria kind of has it out with him next week. I guess that'll be good. Again, I just don't want it to drag on. I don't want it to drag on, but I do want to see it. And I also think that this could carry over into a multitude of issues because if that creates beef with Casey, what if she's upset that she's upset that Johan's doing it and now she doesn't have her stylist because Victoria's pissed that Johan's doing it in the first place and now Casey's mad at Victoria. There's a lot of things well, here. Well, was taking dresses and stuff from Chloe Collette and that, giving it to I Casey. I had a lot of questions about it, actually. So I don't like, know if that's... But, I mean, he was, I guess, given these clothes, and he ends up just giving them over to Casey. If Casey then shows up at a party and Victoria's there and she's wearing Chloe Collette, Victoria's going to be like, what the fuck is How this? How did you get that? Where'd this come from? And then it's going to come to light anyway. So it's kind of ignorant of Johan to be like, let me just do all this stuff behind Victoria's back and not check with her. It's going to come to light no matter what you do. So it's pretty stupid. Again, it's... Yeah, I'm interested to see that blow up next yeah, thank week. Thank you. Okay. But That's again, all. I just don't want it to drag on. I'd rather there be drama between the girls. No, I agree. I or not want... at all. You know what? Maybe we just need a drama-free show, for God's sake. If this is just a light, breezy journey through Paris for the next like six weeks to eight weeks, like yeah. I'm fine. That, that good. I need a breather before we dive into another Housewives franchise. I just need like a deep breath. Before they do four episodes in the Alps. Four episodes in Aspen. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Got it. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done. Right over my head. That takes us to South Carolina. We're back with the Southern Charm crew. Um, I just want to touch on a few things here. Again, we don't have to do the whole gambit. Really not a lot there, to be honest. No, but I, the, the things that I do want to note, um, the girls' dinner was juxtaposed the whole time to the gentleman's dinner Always love with that. Patricia. So here's my first thing. I have to give credit where credit's due. Patricia was fucking hysterical. She really was. She was so fucking funny. When she said, I guess I'm just, a, you are the company you keep. 
I guess I'm just a B-list fuckboy then. I laughed out loud. I did too. I was yeah. like, oh my God, that was one of the best lines I've ever heard on Bravo. This must be why we were getting so much heat for hating on Patricia and Whitney. Maybe we didn't know any better. Well, I mean, Whitney whoa, still whoa, sucks. Whoa. Yeah, I thanks. know, but like they, people lump them together. Yeah, but and you can't. You really can't. Especially I've, after this episode. God, and the way that he calls her mom all the time. Whatever. But <laughs> leave Whitney aside. I thought Patricia was delightful. Yeah, no, she was great. And like she got hammered and they all got hammered it was a very funny evening from start to finish because she said i think if i have one more glass of champagne i'm gonna end up on the ground yeah probably three or four times but it was funny because they were all drinking like that you had craig over here who he started off with champagne then moved to old fashions then went to red wine then back to old fashions yeah that's a tough that's hangover. a fucking journey i mean i was hungover even watching it. yeah i was too and that's saying a lot yeah <laughs> but he spilled the red wine. Do you believe that that couch was $45,000? Yeah. I do too. Yeah. What, I, I can't begin to imagine what I would feel if I spilled red wine on a fucking $45,000 anything. But, and the thing that actually got me was Shep was right. Shep was like, you can take that back to your shop and fix it up, right? Like, no. that's the same thing that I was thinking. I'm like, Craig can probably handle that. No, I thought that Shep was... First of all, I thought Shep was trying to take digs at him all night to like, this was his moment because Craig was like looking like shit. So he was just like pointing out every single flaw and acting like, oh my God, that's just Craig being Craig again. Like 45,000, that's just another day at sewing down south, right? <laughs> like he did his fucking whole thing. And then poor Craig couldn't catch a break because then he breaks an $18,000 chair or $25,000 chair. $25,000 chair, yeah. He breaks the leg off of that, but he's okay there because Whitney does it like, 20 minutes later yeah so the chairs are patricia's fault for getting 18th century wood and having people sit on it like that's that's drunk crazy drunk men drunk men sitting yeah. on 18th century chairs no one should sit on an 18th century chair if you at home have an 18th century chair don't fucking sit on it no put it on a pedestal and like show it off for buying some weird shit but you go right back to the girls dinner and they address you know leva has shit with Benita. Because of a text that was read or seen by Madison from Leva saying, and like when I saw the text, it didn't even seem that bad. I guess Leva and Madison had like a little minuscule spat and they squashed it or whatever. And Leva just texted Vanita like, hey, sorry about that. Like, she's dumb. She is dumb. Not she is so dumb. Like, oh my God, she's so stupid. It was like, she is dumb. Like, I think I've said that about you in text to other people. Like, yeah, dude, he's, he's dumb, whatever. Yeah, it, and that was fine. And we also got the, I guess you can call it a resolution, between Catherine and Naomi. Via Whitney. Via hooking up with Whitney, which was kind of funny. And they, I mean, they were adults about it. You could see the two of them. I mean, Naomi's had a bad couple of episodes with the whole Craig shit. Mm-hmm. And with hooking up with Whitney, which is also inexcusable. It's just baff. It's baff. It hurts my fucking brain. Well, I mean, Patricia put it best. She's a lovely girl. I just don't know what she's doing with Whitney. Yeah, I don't either. Very funny. But the two of them actually talking like adults. And obviously, Catherine's still a little fucked up from the whole Caleb Schleb situation. And she didn't do what I thought she was going to do. No. I thought that she was going to just go right at Naomi and still believe Caleb, even though they just broke up, about that whole interaction that they had in Olivia's backyard. And she didn't. She was like, you know what? He, I just didn't believe it. When he turned away and I could see him talking, I just should have known. I should have trusted my gut, whatever she said. It was a very adult moment between the two of them. 
And then Catherine comes back and says, you know, I like Naomi. I think she's a, a good person. I no, just says, wish. That's the Naomi that I met. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Naomi that I met. I just wish she wasn't such a bitch. Yeah. She can't help herself. Yeah. She I, can't just have the nice moment. She's got a double down. Exactly. And, and then going back to what you were talking about, I guess they, Leva and Madison had gotten into a spat at the dog party about Madison still showing feelings towards Austin. And we saw it again. I mean, yeah. they, she was going at Austin, asking him a bunch of questions about how weird he is around her and this and that. And it does look like she still has feelings for Austin. It, it, it does look like she's I think so too. at the very least just trying to get a rise out of him, like try to get him pissed off that she's now engaged to quote unquote fight for her. I mean, she's, She's nuts. It's like it's some schoolyard crush bullshit where you're like yeah. trying to neg the other person. I don't know. Like, I don't know what her fucking end game is. I think she just likes to see him upset, honestly. I think she does too. And it comes off to the rest of the group like she still has feelings for Austin. Yeah. So it, it's a bad look. And Vanita, which Austin claimed a couple weeks ago when they were going up to Albrass, that Vanita is just Madison's little minion. She's just reporting all the things that happen. And we kind of see a little bit. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But Vanita claims that she was, she just handed Madison her phone and said, put on a song. And she saw I know, it. I don't know. That was such horseshit. I didn't believe it. She for a absolutely second. saw it and then pointed it right at Madison. She said, Madison, yeah, she look, said at look at this. Yeah. Without a doubt in my mind, that's what happened. But it all culminates with like the least surprising news ever. And it starts getting like spread around the internet like wildfire that Shep's Raya account is still active and it's <laughs> located in Bermuda. And he goes on to try to explain it away where he's like, yeah, like me and her were on a quick break and like I was trying to figure myself out. So I got on a flight to Bermuda because who doesn't just do that when they need to think? Like I'm just going to pop down to Bermuda and get my shit together. I'll be back in a couple of weeks, but whatever. So I went down to Bermuda to get my shit together and then I opened my account and like it's just been on. Now, fine. Okay. Like whatever. But. When Craig's like, dude, deactivate it. He's like, no. Why? What the fuck? If you're not being sketchy, if you're not being shady, if you're not doing stupid shit like that, why can't you delete the account? Even to the point where Austin, and I love this reaction out of Austin, and you're right, Austin grew on me. So yep. hats off to you. But he's like, fuck, fuck, fucking fuck, Shep. Like, what else am I supposed to say? And I, what do you say? These guys constantly defend him, and he keeps doing Shep stuff. Well, it was crazy because the timing was perfect. They were sitting at dinner, and let me just touch on this really quick. I felt so bad for the French chef. Oh he was God. the most stressed out guy in the kitchen. There was so much lack of communication. He just wanted to give them the food because it's been ready, and they were sitting up there like, well, he's going to let us know when the food's ready. No, he's waiting for you to sit down. I think that's customs, no. so just do so it. So here, I'll do this just once, okay? So oh, like, yeah, private chef speaking in. Yeah, so I am a private chef, and this happened to me. So I had a private dinner. And there was a miscommunication, okay? We had a wait staff helping out, and one of them came in and said, hey, they want to know when dinner's ready. I said, oh, great. Like, we're good to go. Like, go let them know. And, like, five minutes later, ten minutes later, like, I am good to go. My food's hot. I eat. It's very difficult. Like, the hardest part of that whole process is not the cooking of the food. It's timing it up to get everything out while it's still hot. Mm -hmm. So you present yourself in the best way possible. Now, ten minutes later, I'm like, what's going on? Like, are they sitting down yet? She comes in and she says, are you ready for them yet? And I was like, dude, I just told you, I told you 10 minutes ago. Like now they're like restless because now they're asking me where the food is. The food is now a little bit colder than I would want it to be. It's not like cold and it was still wonderful. You know, 
My of bad. course, naturally. But, so to just to answer your question, to give you a little bit of background, like yes, that that kind of stuff does happen. There is some miscommunications as to who's supposed to tell who when to sit and where to, like all of that stuff. So I I got that scene and felt his pain. <laughs> So much. I get that. And he already started off by having Patricia request a well done duck. Don't even. Yeah. So we won't even dig into that. I know. No, he won't even say that's and that's why I love this dude because he won't even say it. He's not even going to say the words out loud. He goes, I'm here is your duck. I prepared it the way you like. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to say it out loud. And I was like, "Mm, I feel you because duck should never be well done. No meat should ever be well done, (laughs) but especially not duck. That would be like chewing on leather. But he, I mean, he was a good dude, and we'll move away from him. I just wanted to give him a little bit of like, a little one spot. shining like, moment. He you know? deserves it for waiting for so long to serve the escargot. I'm sure those snails were rubbery as hell. I'm sure they were, and I'm happy I didn't have to eat them. Oh, no, escargot's good. I like escargot right. when, oh, it's, nice. when it's done well. But yeah, like Not you said, well done. <laughs> oh, nice. But that timing for Shep's article couldn't have come in a better time. Patricia was asking him about Taylor, and they started off the conversation by saying, you guys are all in relationships. Do you think you're going to end up with the person that you're with? Do you think it's going to end in marriage? And Craig immediately says yes. He says, if I don't end up marrying Paige, I'm going to be pretty upset with that. I don't really know what would have went wrong. Great answer. Great job, Craig. Craig and Paige still at the top of the charts. Then we move over to Shep, because obviously Austin and Olivia just started dating. Whitney and Naomi, who the fuck knows? And Shep is going through the whole thing with Taylor. It seems pretty genuine. He calls her an angel like 15 different times. And right when that happens, Craig gets the text. I assume he got it from Paige because Paige is kind of on top of those things. Mm-hmm. So he gets the text about Shep's Raya article or Raya article. How do you say it? I think it's Raya. All right, it's Raya. A, it's rich people Tinder. That's fair. So he gets that text about that, immediately gestures towards Austin, goes into the other room. They have it out. And that's the appropriate response. Yeah. You, you don't want to be sitting, especially Craig being drunk, you don't want to be sitting on this landmine to go back to the, the Charlotte episode and sit on it by yourself. You need to at least bring somebody else into the fold, kind of talk about what you want to do. They decide that they want to talk about it right then and there. And yeah, I mean, Shep's response, I will give him this. He did say, you know, it was two years ago. I think him and Taylor have been dating for two years. Yep. He said it's, it was two years ago, so it was very early on How with them dating. How do we know that, though? You're giving him a lot of credit assuming that it was actually two years ago. We don't, but they seem to understand when he said Bermuda. And I think Craig or Austin, one of the two of them, actually figured it out. They're, I mean, knowing Austin or Craig, they were probably both on the app, so they understand how it works. And it registers your last known location while using the app. So if they know that he was in Bermuda two years ago... When's the last time he was in Bermuda? That's what I think they would understand because they're all close friends, despite appearances. I think they would know. Like, I would know if you went to Bermuda two years ago, I'd be like, yeah, it was probably two years ago. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I just, he is claiming that when he has a tough day, he goes down to Bermuda. So it's not like me and you because we can't pop down to a country when we're. I think he undersold it. I don't think that he just bopped over to Bermuda. I think that he had a planned trip to Bermuda and that was part of it. You're giving Shep a whole lot of credit, and I don't care for it, really. No, I'm <laughs> just saying, I think that the end of it of him not deleting the account is wild. Maybe he's waiting to discuss it with Taylor and then kind of go from there and just say, look, I'm going to delete it in front of you rather than deleting it then. He's not going to do that. He doesn't have the, the sense of self to do that. No you're shot. right. I'm just thinking as a logical person here. Well, stop it. 
You're pissing me off. (laughs) (laughs) That takes us to the main event, the Rob Huh. The Beverly Hills still haven't gotten a Rob Huh out of anybody, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that's in my near future. But uh, tonight's episode was very entertaining, and I've been waiting for an episode to keep me captivated the whole time. And I will say, this one did it. And that might be because, once again, I was expecting what I think we're going to get next week. Because we're now on the fourth fucking day of Aspen, which I think, I thought three days was too much. Four days is is ridiculous. It's got to end after four, right? I don't know at this point. They might drag it out for another four and then like take us into the reunion. In, but, in Aspen. In, <laughs> but um, we start out with just like the aftermath of the night before and... There's two very different viewpoints here. There's Kyle and that crew that are appalled at Erica's behavior, that she can't just fucking understand that they just want her to show compassion. This is not about whether you're guilty or not. This is not anybody saying you are guilty. All of these women, weirdly enough, like they all don't question that you did anything wrong. Like, and to her credit, like she has been absolved of one of the cases. We have later found out this episode that she was dismissed in Illinois. They're just refiling in California. But they just want her to say, you feel bad for the people that died and their families. That's all. And she's upset with how they talk to her. She doesn't even for a second understand like she came off as the asshole the night before. It's so weird to me to watch it. And like the two different factions, you got her... What did she do? Like, she packed up and left, right? She packed up and left, right? Well, I guess she left, then came back later, and then packed everything up with Dorit. So Dorit helped her pack everything a little quicker, got everything out of Kyle's house, and just left. Whoever Dorit is with, she is siding with, by the way. Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, she just went, she went over to Diana's, and then Diana's, I guess, is just a safe haven, so people are going to go over there, so it makes Diana look better. Oh, yeah, right, Diana the fucking savior. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll get to it later, but... Diana had one redeeming moment during she the did. whole episode. I was, I was baffled. I was completely baffled by that. I assume it's a move. It has to be. But yeah, so she packs up and leaves in the middle of the night. Kyle wakes up the next day and she's like, okay, Eric is completely gone. That kind of breaks my heart a little bit mm. as if she wasn't hurt enough from the night before. And yeah, I mean, this is now two mornings in a row that we have factions of people just sitting around talking about what happened the night before. And it is kind of nice to see that because you get different opinions and everybody kind of keeps splintering in different directions, which is nice too. And this is kind of more of what we want. We wanted a little bit more of, you know, a difference being made. People going to different groups and agreeing with different sides instead of just, all right, here's the usual suspects that are going to blindly follow one person or two people and just explain their asses off. And then we have the other people that are the right side just trying to figure it out. Now we're getting a little bit of everything. And Dorit coming in to help Erica pack is a bad move. Bad move. Just let Erica, she's capable of packing herself. She can do it herself. It's not a big deal. You're going to put yourself in a bad position with Kyle, which we later see. And everybody's just kind of shell-shocked. Like, what the fuck just happened? Why did she do that? And I think, to your point, I mean, she refuses to show any compassion and that's the only thing that anyone wants that's what the viewer wants too just one word just be like look i'm sorry you can't i guess you can't say i'm sorry in a legal process whatever she just has to say 
it is sad that people died. That's it, it is sad that people were screwed out of money. I don't think that that's a problem. And I think that she's so tied up in the legal process that she, the way her brain is operating right now, she can't show any compassion or remorse for anything because she feels like that makes her guilty. Yeah. And like before we get the comments on TikTok saying like we don't understand the stance she's taking, I get what she's trying to do. I get her standpoint is that if she sympathizes with these victims she is admitting guilt in some way shape or form That's or it could thinks. be used against her in the court of law which is crazy because everything that she's doing right now can be used against her in the court as of law. A, like a character defamation yeah. like i don't think she gets that instead she's coming off as just like a cold-hearted person that's not just say that it's sad that people died. That's that's, that's all anybody all you wants. You have to fucking say it's so simple, and you could get all of these women off your back. You could make the group totally fine. We get back to just like the boring Sutton nonsense, which mm -hmm. I don't want to see. But no, I think Sutton's done a good job of removing Sutton herself from is, everything. It's she's awesome. She's so funny with it too. She's like, I, I am retired. Yep. I am not doing this anymore. You can go do it to Crystal, which I we'll get to spectate. later on. But yeah, she is checked out of it entirely, which she should. Like, she has no reason to get involved in that again. I mean, the whole episode pretty much is just leading up to when we get to Kimosabi. And that's Kyle's favorite hat store. And look, it looked like a good time. Am it I, did. Am I going to lie to you and say I haven't worn a cowboy hat? No. I, I have. Not. Yeah. yeah. You know, cowboy hats in, in the right vibe, they look good. And. Those hats they had at that store, they looked great. Yeah, I went to one. I was out in Vail, and they have a Kimisabi out there. Now, granted, it was during COVID, so we didn't have our choice of tequila. But if we did, I think I probably would have gone with Kathy's tequila just I to make her feel gone. a little bit better. The fact that that happened. Well, Rinna is, I mean, that was fucked up. Well, it was 100% a move. Like, she was trying to be a dick, and mission accomplished. Like... She's been pushing this shit for episode after episode. Like, you know that she wants you to drink her tequila. Whether it's a marketing ploy for her own company or not, just drink the fucking tequila. Just make her happy in that moment. She made an effort to point out that they had it. Rinna brings up the fact that, oh yeah, she definitely planted that. Like, this is all a move. Is that true? Quite possibly, yes. Probably. You know what? Like, fine. Yeah. But that being said... Just have like a Cuervo or a Patron. Don't get Kendall Jenner's tequila and announce to the room, this is my friend Kendall Jenner's tequila. And while you're drinking it, make all of the oohs and mmms. Well, look, and are they friends? Rinna and Kendall Jenner? I have no idea. I don't think so. You don't th I would I'm going to go with no. There's no way that they're not somewhat tight. They're both big in the modeling Just world. Just because they know each other doesn't mean that they're... T I, I don't know. As I, far as... I mean, I think they would both claim that they're friends in like a... Yeah, we're friends. Whatever, and that, but it, that actually proves the point more. So yeah, you know what? To keep this going, yeah, like to sit there and announce to the room and then make all those sounds like, oh my god, this is so good, and it's this tastes sweet to me. Like you're making an effort to attack Kathy in that moment, and like, did Kathy handle it great? No, like she should have just like kind of brushed it off and been like, whatever, fuck you, and like settled down instead of kind of take. I actually felt for Kyle this episode a little bit. Yeah, like instead of taking it out on Kyle there. Like, just swallow your pride and, like, Rena's being an asshole and just accept that. Like, she's making herself look bad in this moment. You don't have to storm out and go off on your own. But I thought that was such a dick move. I really did. I didn't like that at all. The whole thing, and, like, you've got Kimisabi going on, and then you have Erica, Diana, and Dorit just kind of doing their own thing. And before they got to Kimisabi, 
I think they the majority of them went and got some coffee, got a croissant or two, had a nice breakfast, mm-hmm. just kind of getting the day started. And the other three, fine. You know, you want to start your own day off and not get thrown right into the mix right away. After last night, fine. If that's what you want to do, go for it. But to then go shopping and I guess they locked the door because they had, you know, cameras and you know, the three of them were in there. They didn't want random people walking in now, and out. When you go to like like uber expensive stores when they have like high profile clients like they will lock the doors so that nobody can get in and like yeah that's you have the run of the mill yeah that's along the same lines i was it didn't look like they were trying anything on or anything they were just sitting down talking yeah. so i think that they they locked it and which was kind of funny uh Rene even said later it's not that big of a town i can probably go find them she did they end up finding them yeah Aspen without Pie. even looking they were just walking by and you get you get kathy looking a little homeless just like banging <laughs> on the so door bad. and the guy's like uh the the door's locked should i open it every single one of them no they no. turn around they suddenly like for this group of hard asses to not be like yeah let them in let's solve this like they're all the tough ones they all talk no. this big game i could see i mean i could see erica just being like no i don't i don't want to talk to them diana said no for erica's sake and dorit was walking over dorit turned and back. said no she turned her back yeah. to it and walked away like, no, like scoffed almost. It's like, I didn't think you were at odds with these women. No. Like she's now creating a problem because she does what Dorit does. Whoever she's with, she takes their side. So she's automatically on Erica's side. And the way that she explained it was, if one of my friends is hurt and they're, you know, they're spiraling down, I'm always going to come to that friend. Yeah. I but that doesn't that. mean that you turn your back on everybody else, like save some face and walk over to the door and say, Eric is not really ready to talk to everybody. We'll meet you guys over there. Or, you know, maybe I'll just come over later. Any of the above would have been okay. But again, we're speaking logically. Yeah, you're right. My bad. Kyle's back at her house. Kathy is back at her house after leaving. And um, they are totally fine because Kathy's just acting like nothing happened. Again, kind of felt for Kyle. Like, she's pretty upset. Well, no, I thought that was good because usually Kathy boils over to the next thing. And Kyle was fully expecting that. So when Kyle got home and saw that Kathy was in good spirits, I thought she was like, oh, thank God. I don't have to deal with this Well, now. in her confessional, she's like, I'd rather just not address it and keep the family together than, yeah. than bring yeah. it up. But they're getting ready to go to dinner, and Dorit gets to Kyle's house. And Kyle is extremely upset. I've never seen her yell at Dorit like that. I did love this episode. You saw, like, breakdowns between the Fox Force, whatever. Like, the girls that we never see fight are finally fighting. And I was like, fuck yeah, finally, we get to see some action here. It, all it takes for it to be settled is Mo coming into the picture and being like, you guys disagree about a, a third party here, like just get over it. And they immediately get over it. But well, not- you know what he did say? He said, for the sake of me and PK, right. I feel like I need to. So we brought his, him and PK's best friendship into this. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to stop being friends with this guy just because you guys are fighting. <laughs> Look, this is my boy and you guys need to figure this shit out. Yeah. But that didn't get squashed until after this made me physically angry. Like I was so pissed about hearing this. She's like, Erica was broken. She was sobbing. She was like, you could see her breaking and I needed to be there for what the fuck. What about Sutton? Like, how is that not the same fucking thing that we witnessed in Aspen two episodes ago where they just ripped her apart and like, because Sutton is not part of that crew. And we see it time and time again. Now, I will ask you this. This is something that, you know, I was thinking while watching. Kyle didn't have Dorit stay at her house. 
She had her stay at a proxy house. Yes. Dorit then felt a little unsafe. She even brought it up, and PK even brought it up. Why aren't you staying at Kyle's house? Do you think this is a little bit of a get back at Kyle to side with Erica, not really save any face with Kyle, and to go then go stay with Diana and get remove herself even further from the situation? Do you think this is a little tit-for-tat action by Dorit? If I'm thinking logically, no, absolutely not. That's only something a crazy person would do. Now, in the realm of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, yes, 100%, there was some kind of move being made there where she was like taking her little dig at Kyle because she's pissed off about not being immediately put in the house. Mm -hmm. Now, flip that. Was Kyle putting her in the other house a subtle dig at Dorit? No, I don't think so, because if you break it down, what are their... I mean, Kathy's sleeping in bunk beds. Kathy's her sister. And Rinna just came off of some issues with Sutton and whoever else. So it makes more sense to have Rinna there. I I think that Kyle was just like, this is how much room I have in the house. Sorry, Dorit. Like, you're going to have to go stay with them. Because normally when we see this, Dorit's pretty copacetic with everybody. No matter who she's with, she'll just kind of mold to that friendship. Yeah. So... I don't want to call her a chameleon, but I guess she is kind of a chameleon with that. Not in a good way. No. She doesn't really have, and we see her own personality, but whoever she's with is kind of what she portrays herself as. I didn't see her removing herself all the way to Diana's because she felt unsafe or whatever. But no, I, I really don't think it was a dig. I could see Dorit taking it as a dig though. And that's why she did this. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And this is just all building up. Again, they make up with very little hesitation. Like, it's mm-hmm. squashed immediately, which pissed me off, but whatever. They, um, they're all headed to dinner. I thought the cut scene with Cherie saying that she's constipated was, one, very funny, and two, very relatable, because I know when I travel, the same thing happens. TMI, probably. Oh, really? But hey. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, I know. It's a bummer. But, Sorry um, to hear that. No, we don't have to like keep harping on it, but I was just like... Does that happen when you go to nah, Bermuda not, for a couple days just to get away? <laughs> when I have some issues, I just need to pop down to Bermuda for a minute. Well, and, and I did like, and I continue to like that house. I mean, Sutton, Garcelle, Cherie, Crystal, they're all, they're having a good trip. They are and having a good trip. Sutton took a little bit too much time to get ready, and she comes up, and Garcelle's like, what the fuck was that? Like, dog years, 10 minutes? <laughs> Five and, minutes. Yeah, and then Sutton just, like, waves her bag in her face and, like, messes with her, and they're all, ha- they're all yeah, laughing and having a good time. A, That's yeah. what I like to see, a little lighthearted action with our friends. Well, we needed it right before this dinner, but yep. this dinner was, like, I actually did, like, a fist pump because of this dinner, and I'm so excited to get into it because now they're at Silver City, and it's, like, this cowboy bar, and, like, we have the factions pretty clearly cut. Like, throughout this episode, we have seen confessionals of women being much more outspoken than we haven't seen in the past. Like, Crystal is starting to find her voice again, and at just the right time, and in just the right way. Like, we're seeing her start to bring some things up, like, what the fuck is going on? And then we see Erica and Kyle who are arguably the most at odds in Erica's mind because she feels like Kyle was the ringleader of the night before. They're talking at the bar, and it's not even that difficult of a conversation. It's both of them kind of like easing off the gas pedal a little bit. Like, Kyle does double down and say, like, you know, we just want you to feel compassion. We want to know that you feel bad. And she can't even do that in that moment. But instead of Kyle, like, attacking it again, she just backs down and like they just make up and they're fine and they hug and Kyle's like I'm not normally a hugger but I want to hug you and like they're both teary eyed and I don't want to gloss over we did say that like, Diana had one moment tonight 
Yeah, and- Diana did have one moment during that exchange at the store with the doors locked, and she was just like everybody else, trying to get Erica to just say that she was sorry or felt bad for the victims. And she just she portrayed this whole situation. Okay, you never married Tom. You're not even part of this. You just read this in the paper. Don't you feel bad for the people that died? Can't answer. Can't answer. Can't do it. Can't do it. What the fuck? Like, she has removed. How twisted is your mind with this legal process that you can't even do that? It's crazy. And even Diana's like, if you don't feel for the victims, like that would be really bad. Like, yeah, yeah, and it would be. And I, and then, like you said, like we get back to the the Silver City Bar, and I think that the way that Eric is thinking, and the reason that she was feeling like Kyle was the ringleader, even though Kyle really wasn't the ringleader, she just got loud at the end. It was mostly Garcelle and Crystal. She has been at odds with Garcelle before, and she's probably just a little bit immune to it. Crystal, she really doesn't care about. We kind of saw that a little bit later. But to see, and it's more what we want to see, where this this main group just kind of goes at odds with each other and actually gets into arguments and starts to fight and break apart a little bit, maybe. I think that's what she thought. She's so reliant on Dorit, Kyle, Rinna to just always have her back, no matter what she says, that... Kyle doing that caught her off guard, made her leave the house, made her do all this shit. I think that she was so shocked that that happened, that that's why she felt like Kyle was the ringleader. And then as soon as it's over, they just start making fun of the whole situation. Which was such a bad look. It's just so tone deaf. And I can't emphasize enough how many times we've said tone deaf or just completely oblivious to what's going yeah. on around them. And it's so bad to watch. And um, I was watching the Colleen tonight and she said... I really do think that these women, they are so far removed from like a tragic event, like a plane crash, that it just, that type of shit doesn't happen in their world, that they actually don't really feel that bad for the victims. That's actually a valid point. That might be a valid it's point. It's just not in their head to do that. They just can't put themselves in the mindset. They don't even think about things like that. Maybe Diana does. I, again, I'm forgiving Diana of props, credit. but she does charitable organizations. She does things. Dorit's is homeless, not toothless, whatever, but they just don't really seem phased by it. And to be able to make a joke afterwards and like make fun of Erica the way that she was behaving the night before is crazy. Yeah. And it was so like, and I hate to use this word, but like cringy. I love that we went to the confession with Garcelle and she's like, if this was anybody else, if this wasn't one of these like four women, like if this was sudden, like this wouldn't be squashed ever. And then Crystal has a confessional and she says the same exact thing. I was like, fuck mm-hmm. yeah, like this group is becoming like self-aware. This group is becoming like united. Like they are starting to understand and take a stance. Like, look, these girls are not going to back the fuck down. Like we, maybe they were hoping that this would be a breaking point as we all were, where there's going to be some divides here. We don't see it. And then Crystal calls attention to it. And we get a quick cut to Crystal's talking to Dorit. And we like see the first stance being taken by Crystal. Like This is where she plants her first foot in the sand. And mm-hmm. she says to Dorit, like, I don't agree with this at all. Like, why can't she see any compassion? And I never thought I would hear this out of Dorit's mouth. She's like, well, we don't know everything that happened. Like, she has been, I think, on the side of like, yeah, like, just feel like she's talked to Kyle about this. And like, yeah, she needs to like understand that there's victims here. And has said, like, there are victims here. She now, like, flips a 180 and starts to defend Erica against Crystal only because I don't think she feels a different way. I do think she still thinks there's victims. I think in that moment, she's like, oh, you can't come after my girl. No. I'm going to take a stance here. You don't talk about Erica like that. And she goes back at Crystal. Yeah, it's, it's hypocritical to herself in the confessionals. 
every confessional that she's done thus far, she's saying, do I really think that she doesn't want to show compassion? Does it really hurt me that she's not saying that she feels sorry for the victims? Yes, but she's entitled to her opinion, blah, blah, blah. Dorit said that she feels bad for them. And now once this happens, like you said, it's almost as if this other group smells a little bit of blood in the water. Mm-hmm. Like, let's start to get them at ends. And they just couple together. They being Dorit and Rinna, who have said all day, we know that she should feel sorry for these victims. Yes. We understand that. We would like it if she said it. As soon as one of the other people starts coming at her in front of them, their next sense kicks in and they just start defending Erica blindly. It's crazy. Crazy. It was fucking nuts, but it was perfect because that is the spark that Crystal needed. Crystal, comeback story of the fucking century. Oh, yeah. Big she time. She was tough to watch early on. Then she kind of like sat back, was taking her time to the point where we're like, yo, Crystal needs to do something. She was just waiting, dude. She was waiting for the right time. She felt it. She knew what she wanted to say, and she came out swinging, and she fucking lands a haymaker, and it was awesome. Her and Sutton talk quickly. Sutton's like, something needs to be said. I'm not saying it. I'm retired. Yep. I got your back. And Crystal fucking puts her head down and walks right in the other room, sits down, and immediately goes in on Erica. And it's a good move by Sutton not getting involved, because once Sutton gets involved, it becomes a whole different thing. Yep. Sutton doesn't really have a voice in this group. She can't bring, she can't call attention to anything. Even if she chimed in after Crystal had done that, they would have just attacked Sutton and that would have been the new topic. Yes. But Erica goes on the defense a little bit and says, when we were down in Mexico and I gave you a hug because of all the things that you were going through, you can't do that for me. Not the same situation. It's not at all. And Crystal doesn't back down. She nope. just keeps coming forward and coming forward. And Garcelle's sitting there with a smile on her face because she's like, for once it's not me doing this and when you need me i will tap in and that's what happened and crystal like very calm and collected said you've had issues with garcelle you don't like take it out on her you guys seem fine but with me it's like an ever-ending issue and she's like i don't have anything with garcelle garcelle like has stood up for me or something along those lines garcelle's like whoa whoa no i didn't like i didn't do that at all and crystal's like yeah and it's just like you think i'm an asshole And she says, you are an asshole. And this is what I love about the difference in the dynamics of these two factions. Mm -hmm. The one, Crystal, Sutton, Garcelle. They use logic, they're pointed in their arguments, and they use evidence to back up what they're saying. The other group, they go for gaslighting, they go for personal attacks, and they throw insults out there, which nothing questions your credibility more than when somebody presents a point and you counter with just an insult. It's never a good move. It comes out like you're stupid and that you don't have a good rebuttal and that makes you seem wrong, which by the way, you are fucking wrong. All of those women on that side of this table are wrong. And I loved seeing this fucking moment where our girls, our crew finally gets a voice and they stand firm. They're not getting backed down by this group of bullies. And like, It was just, it was so refreshing. It's like, if that's what we were building up to this season, was it enough for me to be like, oh, this was a good season? Absolutely not. Was it a great fucking reprieve from all the bullshit we've been watching? 100% yes. Yeah, and twice in three nights, we get a, you are though, as a response to name calling. Yeah. That's all they can do. They have no other ammo, and that just goes to show you that they're fucking in the wrong. They're not Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and I mean... With any hope in the world, this season will end with at least one or two people just getting mixed out because 
I think we now see that we have a good group over we here. We do. It's a good crew. Like, yes, we do need some of the drama. They're probably going to keep Eric out there. But, you know, if that core four starts to drop off a little bit, you get Rena out of there, it's going to be way more of an even match. And right now, it doesn't even look like an even match. It looks like Team Logic is winning. Team Logic's winning this battle. And to build on what you were saying, if this becomes our core group, Sharia is not a huge fan of Sutton. No. Like, I don't want to see somebody new just come after Sutton for the same reasons that we've been seeing. But if there's some drama in this group because Sheree and Sutton don't vibe that well, and it's like new drama and it's not her just like recycling all the shit that she's heard from these other women, like, I'm okay with that. And that might cause a rift with the other women because Sheree and Garcelle are super close. Like, there's a lot of new dynamics that can be presented there. Like, just because it's a new group of women that are getting along now. Like, they are united against uh, the same front. If you remove that from the equation, we could see some fireworks. So I think that that's the route that they need to go. I'm excited and hope that is the route that they go. And that pretty much, like, wraps up the night. Like, the only thing that we finally get, and I was wondering if it was even going to happen, we get scenes from next week, and it's very ominous. It's like a Law & Order episode. It's like, doom, doom, later that night. And, like, it shows a text, and it's... Well, before they even got to the text, and they did, I think, two or three total later that night, several hours later, yeah, which later is... than that, and you get, I guess a couple of them are going home, the rest of them are just going to, quote unquote, pop in for a drink, maybe at the club. Kathy says, I don't know if I'm going to be welcome in there. And apparently oh, yeah. the last time that she was there, she tried to put on Kris Jenner's coat, and there was a whole thing with that where they thought that she was taking her coat, and she's worried that she's not going to be able to get in. And that kind of sets it up a little bit because Kathy's already feeling like she might not be able to get in and we'll see how that goes. But then we get the texts and they show the text after that. And I guess it's to Lisa and then there's one to Kyle. And I don't know what to expect, honestly. I don't either. It's, you know, I'm not going to even speak on it because I don't know what we're going to see. We've heard inklings that, again, I'm not touching. I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Mm -hmm. But is this the Aspen that we were expecting? If, if so, then I don't know why they had to make it four episodes, but... I thought it was actually... You're going to hate this. I hate you. <laughs> I thought that the Aspen trip, these episodes have been better than the rest of the I, season. You know what? I actually do agree with that. Maybe it's because I've been... Ex again, I've been expecting this one thing to happen in mm -hmm. Aspen that hasn't happened yet. So maybe that's why, because I'm constantly like, is it happening this episode? No, and then they keep throwing curveballs with different things that also happened. I didn't even expect... Yeah. I, I didn't expect these curveballs, but maybe that's why. Because I agree. These have been the most cohesive and like coherent Housewives episodes of like reminiscent of things that we actually enjoy watching. So, yes, I agree. These four episodes have been good. It's just this fucking season, dude. I know. It really is. And I, I think really the only thing that makes the Aspen trip better is that it forces them all to be together the whole time. Right. Where yeah. we don't get, oh, Sutton and... Rena just went out to lunch and then we have to talk about it afterwards. Like it's, a, it's more of the same in this way. Everything just happens in front of everybody. Two full groups get to talk about it, then come back together. Another thing happens, so on and so forth. That's way more of a ideal setup, I guess, for a storyline than having, you know, a couple little lunch dates and things like that. Yeah, in there. So totally I'm enjoying agree. it. Honestly, these last couple episodes, I'm, I'm having a good time. Well, hopefully they tie a big bow on it and they wrap this season up in a positive way. I'm excited to see the reunion. I heard it was like very emotional. I heard there was a lot of shit popping off. So I'm excited to see the reunion. I'm excited to be done with this season and move on to Potomac. Like I can't fucking wait, but 
we're still here in the trenches for you brav bros out there and we will continue to do our work yeah and study for the bar so that we can answer your legal questions yeah, and comments we can, we can get after those tiktok legal issues That takes us to our questions portion of the show. We have a lot of questions. We're not going to be able to get to them all, but we'll do our best. Up first, from Joe underscore Kill 123 Did Derek do coke in the bathroom? <laughs> Which bathroom and when? I, don't, I didn't notice. Yeah. I just That's a very funny question. No, I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say yes or no because I'm not sure what you're referencing. But Maybe. Funny question. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> from Colton Nemechek. What's happening? Hold on. <laughs> Colton Nemechek's question, were people doing coke in your bathroom? Where is this coming from? Whose bathroom? I don't know. Our bathroom? No, no one's doing coke here. Yeah, what the hell? What, did did we miss something tonight? I guess. No, nobody was. Yeah, no. From CC Agostino, do you think Andy's going to address all the social media crap with Rabha at the reunion? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think he has to. Yeah, unfortunately, it was a major storyline. Yeah, it took, like, the headlines this season almost like all the shit they were doing on the side i guess it, it depends on to what extent like obviously the bots i don't know how that lines up with the timeline i think they came out right before they did the reunion so he'll probably talk about that and the unfollowing yeah i, I hope he just touches on it i really don't feel like reliving that yeah i don't either but uh, yeah he i would imagine he has to Ooh, i like this one from I don't think it's that hard. Mick, Mick Lindberg. It's got to be it. Mick Lindberg. Don't laugh. I'm trying my fucking hardest. From <laughs> Mick, I'm going with it. From Mick Lindberg, do you think Kyle would be more likable if she was closer to Garcelle and Sutton? Yes. I agree. But that's only because the storylines are so negative towards Garcelle and Sutton. So I think that she'd do a good job defending them because we've seen her defend Erica. So yeah, I think so. I do too. I think that that would actually be a very interesting show to watch. And I wish, God, I wish that could happen, but it will not. So don't get your hopes up. And the last one from Kayla Paris, 85, or Kayla Paris, 85. Statement, not a question, but it will lead to a good discussion. Kyle loves private discussions when it involves her, but loves to publicly shade Sutton. That's a very good point. It's a very good point. The fact that she will go out of her way to have a conversation with Erica after all of that shit, but when it comes to her and Sutton having issues, she puts her on blast in front of everybody. Yep. Great fucking point. And she claims that she's close to Sutton. She claims they're good friends. Yeah. She stayed, let's not forget, Sutton stayed at Kyle's house for like six months because mm-hmm. her house was being redone. Yeah. I mean... She also decided, I mean, I guess that was kind of emotional, but she decided to just talk to Dorit at her house and not bring it up later, not talk about how Dorit kind of abandoned her and betrayed her. Why not? Very good point. Very good point, Kayla Paris, 85. Now, if you speak any French, please let us know. Yeah, let us know if uh, Emily's French is any good. Or if it's just the captions helping her out. It's got to be the captions. I think it's the captions. If she's claiming that she's not good at speaking it, she sounds fluent to me, but what the hell do we know? We can't even say our own is small. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we, us and our craft singles. Yeah, craft singles and a good cheddar, baby. That's what we're all (laughs) about here. But um, we have so much news that we can't share with you. 
and it's killing me to not be able to like give some of this info to you guys, but just know that there's a lot of big things coming. We're super fucking excited for it. Um, so stay tuned, keep listening, keep tuning in, follow us on Instagram at brav underscore bros, follow us on Twitter at brav underscore bros and follow us on TikTok at brav bros, no underscore, just brav bros. But thank you again. Uh, we're loving all of this. So if you guys are loving it too, and you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, just give us a little five-star clicky there, you know, just a little quick review guy, just a quick fiver. And help us out a little bit. Help us climb those charts so we can keep doing this for you guys every week. But um, that's all I got. You got anything else? Yeah, I mean, I'll just add on to that. Make sure you subscribe, too, because it'll let you know when a new episode drops. Oh, that's true. That's a good Who the point. hell knows when new apps are coming out? Well, obviously, Friday morning. They but come out every Friday morning. Otherwise, who knows what else we're going to do, you know? Yeah, you never know. You Special never know. episodes. A bronus episode. What if we go to Paris? We, we learn might. French. Oui, oui. <laughs> Avec moi. I think that's with me. That's pretty good. Paris avec moi. The subtitles say that you're correct. So <laughs> Nicely done. Well, that's all we got tonight. The Brav Bros are out of here. See you next week. Bye.